Hey everybody, Chris Fafalius here. If you enjoy One Hit Thunder, which I'm assuming you do considering you're listening to it right now, I want to tell you about another great music podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. It's called Riffs on Riffs. On this season of Riffs on Riffs, hosts Toby Braswell and Joe Watson are breaking down one iconic pop song each week. Everything from Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer to Journey's Don't Stop Believin' to Naughty by Nature's OPP. Each week, they crack open the song, trace its history, decode those cryptic lyrics, and unearth the hidden gems in its musical DNA. Not only do they dive into the song's history, lyrics, and impact, they also go down some fun and oftentimes hilarious rabbit holes. So yeah, if you're a fan of One Hit Thunder, I think you'll also enjoy Riffs on Riffs. So go hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hailing from the Garrettscape, welcome one and all to Masters of the Media. In a land of pop culture podcasts, I, filmmaker Garrett Briones, and my quote-unquote co-host Jack Watson look at the why of the stories we love and figure out why they connect with us. The show is all about loving the media you love and appreciating the underappreciated. It's a celebration of storytelling and also two pals making each other laugh at random impressions and the silliest things you can imagine. You can find Masters in the Media on all your favorite podcatchers and right here on the Geekscape Network. We hope to see you all on the Garrettscape. lots of cool things if we were rich. One of those things would be to give the whole world a free subscription to the One Hit Thunder Patreon. Unfortunately, we're not able to do that yet, but we did let our Patreon supporters vote on which song they wanted to hear us discuss. They chose Callaway's I Wanna Be Rich, which somehow producer Matt Kelly had never heard before. We discuss it all this episode, including what rock baby Matt was living under to not know this joyous 1989 hit. Stay tuned for a little love, Peace and happiness. One hit is all you need to make the money guaranteed, and you can live off royalties forever. Matt, do you want to be rich? Obviously, Chris, who wouldn't want to be rich? I think it's funny how there are different definitions of rich. For example, for me, being rich would be having no credit card debt, being able to go out and eat at a restaurant, anytime I want to without stressing about it (laughs) and, you know, not stressing about my bills. 
I would feel like I was rich. I got to experience what felt like being rich when I was at my last job. And now I'm experiencing what it's like to not be rich now that I don't have that job. Because Mm -hmm. I had a solid five years where I didn't have to check my bank account every time I wanted to make any type of purchase. And now that is no longer the case. Every If I'm about to go grocery shopping for food that I definitely need to survive, Mm -hmm. I still have to log on to my, my banking app and just see like, Where am I at right now? Right. I mean, (laughs) yeah, groceries, it sucks to go. I mean, every time I go grocery shopping, it's about $180 or $200. Jesus. Well, (laughs) Well, you do have pets, which I don't have. And pets can become expensive on food costs. But I spend $100 a month. Wow. Okay. Well, I try to get like three weeks of groceries at the time. And yes, I do have pets. And probably $50 of that is pet Is right there. Yeah. And yeah, but... I know that it's going to save me because you can easily spend 20 or $30 if you're eating out some, somewhere. And I, I rarely do that. But I have some things written down that if I were rich, I would do that probably a lot of people listening to this are like, what? You can't do those things? I'm like, well, not yet, but I hope to one day. One of those, Matt, would be to always pick up the check. When you go out to eat with friends and family, wouldn't that be nice? Again, previous job, I was able to treat my family to dinner at least once every vacation that we went on for those seven years. And it was cool. It was cool to be like, I got this one, parents. I'm okay. (laughs) Next on my list is I would get at least three or four different pairs of Nike Air Maxes, which are the only kinds of shoes I wear. I would like to have like three or four different pairs and decide which pair I'm going to wear each day. I think that would be neat. I'd also like to get an expensive pair of sweatpants that are advertised to me on Instagram. For some reason, all these sweatpants ads are targeted towards me on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm always like, damn, those are nice. And then I click on it. It's like, those are $118 for some reason. But if I was rich, I would buy exactly one pair of them also i would Mm. say no to things i don't want to do i would be like no i don't want to do that piece of work that someone's going to pay me to do because i don't want to do it because i have enough money that i don't have to do it also i would hire a cleaning person to come to my house once a week and do some cleaning because a it's hard to keep up with cleaning and b you are then in turn giving someone else money you're 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 helping someone else out it's not like i think i should have like a butler or something but i think having a cleaning person would be nice don't you yeah and and i mean i guess it it also comes down to the simple fact that like cleaning is an is a like i don't mind cleaning i kind of enjoy cleaning to a certain extent but like my version of cleaning isn't what cleaning is supposed to be like my parents my mom had like cleaning days where it was like Mm -hmm. oh it's Sunday. I'm going to clean this house from floor from ceiling to basement and make sure that like the floors are mopped and spotless and like all that good jazz. For me, cleaning is like I walk into the bathroom and say, "Ooh, this could probably use a quick wipe down and like grab the all-purpose spray and just yeah. like make the bathroom look nice." Right. Because to do what my mom does, you and I are still at a point where every hour that we're not doing the work that we're getting paid for is an hour that we're not making money. So so it's like to give the house the cleaning that I'd like to give the house, I'd have to be like, I'm okay with not doing anything that's going to make sure that I pay my bills this week. Right. As you've already brought up, Matt, I do have two cats and a dog and trying to keep up with cleaning. It's hard. Yeah. 
my last thing on my list of things I would do if I was rich, which I, I think my list of things to, to do if I were rich are very like very manageable so far. Yeah, yeah, very manageable. <laughs> These are things that you could do if you're completely at middle class and not living in poverty. But my last thing was I would have a lot more cats. I would be like a very <laughs> Freddie Mercury type where my cats would have their own rooms. Maybe I would I don't know. I feel like I would take care of a lot of cats if all I had to do in life was take care of cats. So, uh, so that's that's where I'm at. I don't have I don't need a yacht. I don't need a private jet. I don't need elaborate vacations. I just basically want an expensive pair of sweatpants, a couple pairs of shoes and a couple cat, a couple more cats. That's so mine. I, I don't consider myself someone who has many lavish dreams, but apparently my getting rich goals are still a little bit higher than even yours. Obviously, <laughs> I need a new car. That would be pretty mm -hmm. high on the getting. I mean, that might have to happen before I'm rich at the pace that things are going with my current car. For whatever reason, I've always wanted a nice mountain house. Like I just wanted a nice mountain house away from everybody where I could just like go away for a weekend or like bring Ooh. a bunch of people up for like a weekend, like party yeah. sesh or whatever. I would also want to pay one of my friends, doesn't matter who, but one of my friends in LA a set amount of money a month for them to just keep a guest room open for me for whenever I have to go to LA for anything. Gotcha. <laughs> those would be those would be my biggest my my three biggest like I'm rich now flexes is Mountain House paying a couple hundred dollars to a friend to keep a guest room open for me at their house and buying a new car. <laughs> I'm gonna add Mountain House to mine too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I like it's cool. And I think that that's like, and here's the thing. I don't even need it to be my mountain house. Like all things considered, Chris, if we really want it to, me, you, the rest of the guys in Punchline and Jim could feasibly be like, hey, let's just all put like $200 aside to like have a mountain house that any of us could go to at any given point and it'd actually be sustainable. But I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for having $200 that I have to spend every month. But like, I know plenty of people who've done that where it's like them and like three other families all just buy a house together. That they're like, now we can just use this whenever we want to. And they just have like a little calendar where it's like, oh, it's my weekend to take the mountain house. I want my own mountain house. You could split the mountain house with a bunch of people. I want my <laughs> I want my own mountain house. And it goes without saying that I would love to be able to donate money to people that need it and organizations That's, that need it. I, I mean, you, I know you would be the same. No, and, and we're talking about the, the luxurious aspects of being rich. Obviously, I have a set amount of money that I feel comfortable making, living a happy life. And if I can continue to go beyond that point, it's like, how much of this can I put to this? Or what we already kind of do with most of our stuff anyway is like, you know, we've done a couple live podcast things and it's always been for charity. Like whatever we can put the stupid skill sets that we've developed for ourselves to helping another good cause by doing it. Like, absolutely. Hit us up. If you have a charity that's doing a live stream and you want a podcast on it to help raise money for some good cause, we'll, we'll probably do it if we're free. And that brings us to today's song. I yes. want to be rich by Callaway. <laughs> that long introduction. Which again, this is where like our age difference isn't that great, but it's great enough that there are songs that have never existed in my life until you've introduced them to me. And this was one of them. I did not know this song until this morning when I listened to it. What? Yeah. I was four and a half when this song was at its peak. Yeah, but I feel like four and a half year olds would love this song. Yeah, but I was a four and a half year old who pretty much just listened to his parents' Meatloaf and, and Bruce Springsteen cassette tapes at that time. So Okay. 
I didn't discover new music existing until When I Come Around four years later. <laughs> I don't think MTV was playing this on their like 90s throwback time in 1994, 1995. I feel like there was a, a very big cap on this song being kind of in the, the public eye. <laughs> well, okay. Well, what's your impression of this song having just heard it today then? Uh, first of all, very clear a Chris pick. Chris, you have always been way more into like the soul R&B side of things than I am, but it was a good ass song. I was like, this is a good, good jam. I was having a good time with it. I know why you like it. I enjoy it too. I don't know. So like you also introduced chocolate rain or chocolate rain, candy rain into my, into my life on this show. And candy rain has stayed in rotation. Like that is like now on a Mm. lot of spotify mixes not sure if i want to be rich is going to have the same fate and the only reason the only reason why is because like i heard that chorus to candy rain and i could not get that chorus out of my head i genuinely am trying to remember what the chorus do i want to be rich is and i listen to it like two hours okay yeah you know what i'll listen to it a couple more times we'll throw it back i'll see how it survives in the uh in the spotify playlists matt i would be willing to bet that a majority of the people listening to this think that you're the crazy one for not knowing this song. <laughs> oh, it came in second place behind Sinead O'Connor. I know that I'm crazy for not knowing <laughs> this song. Have there ever been two songs more different next to each other <laughs> at number one and number two than Calloway's I Want to Be Rich and Sinead O'Connor's Nothing Compares to You? I don't know if you could get two completely different songs so there's something that's there's a lot of weird symmetry that's happening between this week and last week i think with with this as well because callaway also kind of called it quits after their second album because the the hits had kind of dried up but the difference that i'm seeing when i was doing research with callaway that i think is worth getting into is twofold one they immediately were like all right the solo career, like the, they're two brothers. They're like, hey, our, our career as like a, a brotherly duo seems to be running dry. Let's get back to doing the production work that we were already doing before we did this this side project. And B, that they already were massively popular for a band that they had formed in the 80s. <laughs> and this was kind of just like a weird side project for them. They were? So they were, they had formed a synth funk band called Midnight Star, and they were like instrumental in this band for like a multi platinum selling album called No Parking on the Dance Floor, which has kind of gone on to be considered like one of the most important albums in the realm of funk music. Like they were like really well established musicians before they okay. went solo with this kind of more R&B sound and that was like them in college they they grew up in a fully musical family from the research that I did like they had an uncle who was a keyboard player they had a, a dad who played guitar i think it said that their mom was an opera singer like they grew up in a home filled with music and i like to imagine i think of my my parent my mom specifically kind of grew up in a similar vibe my mom's a singer she's one of six kids Every one of those kids is a musician. My grandfather was a musician. My grandmother sings. And like the stories that she would tell me was like, yeah, every like we would just like grab instruments and go into the basement where like my grandfather had built a little recording studio and they would just like play. They would sit by the instruments that they felt the most comfortable being able to play. And they would just have like little family jam sessions (laughs) and just do songs together. So I think that when you live in one of those families where everyone's kind of got that musical talent and it's like 
just part of your family day to day, it's not shocking that maybe music becomes like a direction that you decide to take <laughs> your life when you get older. Yeah. So Callaway, this was sort of just another little project for them. This yeah. wasn't necessarily... It, it was cool that they got a hit from it, but it wasn't everything to them. That's a, they, whole, that's a whole different thing than B.B. Mac, I think. I think so, too. And I think that, like, I mean, they're writing about I Want to Be Rich, and I'm sure that there's not a ton of money in the production work that they were particularly doing because it was very, like, you know, they were working on, like, Nat Natalie Cole records, which, like, you know, my mom had a Natalie Cole record because she loved Nat King Cole, but Natalie Cole wasn't exactly burning up the charts so i don't think that they were you know necessarily rich but i think if the callaway project didn't have a hit song i think that these two brothers would have been perfectly fine still in their lives yeah okay well also from the lyrics of this song it sounds like who are the members one is reginald callaway and the other and his brother's name is, I don't know. But they are an R&B duo from Cincinnati. Yes, they are the Callaway brothers. And it sounds like from the lyrics of this song, their definition of being rich is kind of similar to what we discussed at the beginning. Because when you read these lyrics, it's like, big bill collectors, they ring my phone. They bother me when I'm not at home. Ain't got no time to be fooling around. Feet hit the floor, then I get on down. They just want to pay their bills. They yeah. would feel rich if they paid their bills. You see, I want money, lots and lots of money. I want the pie in the sky. I want lots and lots of money, so don't be asking me why. I want to be rich for a little love, peace, and happiness. They also want love, peace, and happiness, Matt, just like we do. Yeah. They don't want yachts. What they want, as they discuss in the next verse, I want my cake, want to eat it too. I want the stars and the silver moon. Okay. That's going that's going a little further. I spend my money on lottery. My favorite number is one, two, three, which I could think of, you know, I, one, two, three has just as good a chance of hitting as any other number. Yeah, it's a yeah. 100%. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the same odds. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors and beyond from the world that turns us on we're reaching into the improvisational music scene the psychedelic culture the festival world and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes come join us on the long strange trip over at no simple road and so, it's vincent yeah. calloway just wanted to let you know oh, Vince, vincent 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 and reginald calloway are the calloway brothers what a speaking. regal name reginald is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Vincent Calloway, Reginald Calloway. These are great names, great names, especially for the world of funk. I could imagine. I haven't yeah. heard their their successful funk group, but maybe I should have. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of curious to check it out because I do enjoy some funk music. I was thinking mm -hmm. about this the other day. Do you remember the movie The New Guy yes. with uh, 
And his whole thing was that him and Zoe Deschanel, very young before she was famous, Zoe Deschanel had a funk band. <laughs> they were a high school funk band. And I remember that being an early introduction to funk music into my life, that and PCU with some George Clinton performances. But like, mm-hmm. I have never heard a funk song that I disliked. I don't seek it out often enough, but like, you play me a funk song, I'm probably going to be okay with it. <laughs> yeah, I love funk. Get the, the funkier, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I mean, especially you're you're a bass man, and like mm-hmm. there are a few genres that spend the real time to highlight a good ass bass line, like funk music yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. As you know, I am a bass man, and <laughs> I do I do enjoy some funk. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start, or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. What was surprising to me is, okay, so the the Callaway brothers, who were known primarily from the world of funk, and then, you know, <laughs> when you, we'll, we'll get into deeper into the Callaway catalog <laughs> in a minute here, but this song is just total bubblegum pop yeah it's it, it, it's very much a pop song and i don't know maybe there's elements of funk here i guess and and soul and r&b but more than anything this is a pop song it's i would say that the closest it comes to even being in that funk world is that like it's a pop song that i don't think is too many steps removed from like a new jack swing it's i wouldn't classify this as new jack swing but i like if you told me that they played with some new jack swing artists i'd be like yeah i could see like the connectivity there and i feel like new jack swing has a little bit of a funk influence into its style i i found the fact that they were part of apparently a very important funk band from the late 70s early 80s to be quite shocking to me (laughs) actually I really like the meta aspect of this song, meaning that these guys wrote a song called I Want to Be Rich. And because of writing a song called I Want to Be Rich, I'd have to imagine that they got pretty rich considering this song was a hit song. I think that's pretty cool. Like, it'd be like me writing a song like, I want more cats. Yeah, (laughs) I want more cats. And then because I wrote that song, I want more cats. I made lots of money and got a bunch more cats. It was like a self-fulfilling prophecy, I guess, would be the, the <laughs> way the way to to talk about that. I think that was really cool. For how much I've always loved this song, I loved this song when I was a kid, still love this song now. For as much as I do, I never dug deeper into their catalog. And boy, oh boy, was I surprised to find out how sensual Callaway is just a bit yeah (laughs) I was not expecting that and Matt I gave Matt a heads up beforehand I'm like you're gonna have to put a clip in (laughs) to the episode because Callaway has a song called let's get smooth and let's get smooth is the funniest possible song that I could imagine putting on when you invite a date back to your place for a nightcap. I can't imagine walking in the door and hitting play on this song. It's time to 
I mean, with lyrics like, this night is for pleasure. Come on, girl, I'll take you home and keep you warm. I can't imagine what someone would think if you walked in the door and put this song on. It is so sexy and sensual and completely written for the scenario of bringing a date back and wanting to make love. It the is- perfect the perfect scenario is is if you're on the houseboat owned by Leon Phelps the ladies man. Yes, sure. It is so not even remotely subtle in the intentions no. of the song. <laughs> like, no. I did not expect Callaway to be this damn sexy. They also have another <laughs> song called I Desire You which is even just as much works in that way. I was just not expecting this. I was expecting upbeat party songs about wanting things that you don't have, which, okay, I guess this fits in <laughs> in that category of wanting things you don't have at that moment. But uh, I wasn't expecting them to be so sexual. And uh, frankly, I was impressed. Yeah. I'm glad that this was introduced into my life. That's, that's for damn sure. <laughs> so, so let me obviously... You know, the first time I heard this song was today because you had picked it for us to talk about. Well, the Patreon voted on it, but you had thrown it up as an option. Um, what was your first experience hearing this song? Was this something you found on MTV, the radio? Like Definitely MTV. Definitely loved it from MTV. <laughs> Definitely. I, I would say there's a good chance I had the cassette single of this song. Um, right. But it's just it's just feel good. The instrumentation of it, the 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 uh, bell sounding synth, the dun dun. Dun, dun, dun. just makes you feel good oh yeah it's just those smooth vocals the i mean i'm sure at the time i wanted to be rich i wonder what being rich to me at that time was like what i i probably would have wanted a lot of baseball and hockey cards at the time and a lot of video games i'm sure yeah i'm trying let's see well i i can't imagine 1990 what i want it to be rich but if you're saying that you were maybe like 10 ish like yeah. we'll go in that like 10 year old range. I feel like my version of being rich <laughs> at 10 years old was a never having to go to work. Cause I saw how miserable it made my parents. So I would just get to hang out and watch cartoons all day long and probably a lot of comic books, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of big slam Pepsi. If you remember those like borderline one liter bottles of soda that they just freely sold children in the 90s. Mm-hmm, right. Probably you said baseball cards. I would have been like all of the Marvel or movie tie-in trading cards, like when they would do like Dick Tracy trading cards. Oh, yeah. And, and every Star Wars toy. I, I would be trying to get all the Star Wars and Ninja Turtles toys that I could get my hands on. And I think a lot of like again like very 90 centric junk foods like Dorito, 3D Doritos was my was my jam when i was 10 so probably like a lifetime supply of 3D Doritos would have been something i wanted if i was rich right i think every kid for one reason or another wants a mansion Yes. I don't know where, where that comes from, but my mansion would probably have an ice rink in it. I was obsessed with hockey, and I'd imagine there would also be a part where you could like ride dirt bikes off of jumps. Well, <laughs> that, that was like we're we're talking about. I mean, this is a couple years removed from from this song, but like for me, when I was nine, was the prime time of when both Blank Check and Richie Rich dropped, which are like prime examples of what a, a elementary school kid imagines having a lot of money being, which is just like, like you said, a mansion filled with everything a kid could, pa- like 
basically like the Foot Clan's lair in the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, where it's just like arcade skateboard ramps. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I, I think that maybe it was sort of like a. Uh, more elaborate version of Pee Wee's Playhouse is yes. what I would imagine having. <laughs> yes. Yes, very much so. Uh, God, Pee Wee's Playhouse was dope. I, I still, if you gave me the option and it's like, look, for one year you can live in Pee Wee's Playhouse, I would take it. I would take it in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think I probably would too. Pee Wee's Playhouse was the dream house. <laughs> and that, and just to be able to to leave your house and launch off that ramp onto that <laughs> on on what was Pee I'm trying to remember was Pee Wee I mean I know in Pee Wee's Big Adventure he rode a bike but from it was his usually house, like a scooter or scooter, something scooter yeah, yeah it was a scooter right right yeah that was sick man <laughs> I, all those everything in the house talk F- Flory was talking uh, the Cherry Randy would drop by what and an be asshole. a little dickhead <laughs> Randy had to come in and be a dick for a while but it's fine Terry being a little sweet pterodactyl you had uh, a I, sweet little jazz band hanging out over your fireplace sometimes Jombie Jombie <laughs> stopping by what What did Jombie did Jombie stop by and like give you a wish yeah you got a wish every day holy shit a wish a day <laughs> yeah if I was a kid and I was rich there'd be a penny cartoon every day <laughs> but honestly if you had a Jombie you don't even really need to be rich. All you need is a zombie, right? Yeah, that's wish number one. Yeah, <laughs> I want to be rich, zombie. <laughs> mecca lecca high, mecca hiney ho, Chris. <laughs> also, Matt, keep in mind that I don't know what years Pee Wee's Playhouse ran exactly, but I do believe that it was probably on in 1990 when this song was a hit. Like these yeah. two things existed together. Which yep, is pretty no, there awesome. was overlap. I, I feel like that show started in '89, so there was definitely overlap. Okay, uh, perfect. I mean, that's that's crazy, but it's kind I'm of at, yeah. It's kind of weird. There was for for like a group of two brothers who like had their hands in so many different projects between this funk band and then this like duo that they did that had this big hit, and then like doing all this production work. I don't know about your research, but there was not a lot of information out there about what's going on in the worlds of Vincent and Reginald. Yeah, I just know that they are easily my favorite R&B duo from Cincinnati ever. Well, there you go. I do know that I'm adding a Pee Wee's Playhouse to my what I want if I ever get rich, which just I just made me have to get a lot richer than uh, than than a pair of expensive sweatpants and a couple more cats. <laughs> and I I love this song, man. I think this is a great song. I think that we're going to take this episode and you and I you and I are going to sit down and rewrite Bare Naked Ladies if I had a million dollars to just have all of the things that we put on our list of if we were rich. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'd buy you some cats. Yeah, I would do a lot of stuff for cats <laughs> if I was yeah. super rich. I cannot wait to try putting on the uh, Callaway song "Let's Get Smooth" in my next romantic <laughs> situation, uh, and see. I call your girlfriend over of, tonight and see how it yeah, goes. <laughs> I cannot, I cannot wait to see how she reacts when I put this song on. Um, as, you know what? I'm I'm throwing this out there right now. Hey, Patreon! First of all, thank you. You voted for this one. Uh, I think the the Patreon bonus episode for this needs to be songs that we would play in a. If we were having a, a lady guest over. Oh, okay. <laughs> our favorite 
Songs of Seduction. Yeah, Songs of Seduction. (laughs) Songs of... I know everyone wants to know Chris Ballet's and Matt Kelly's Songs of Seduction. They can't wait to get our uh, Apple Music playlist. uh, Chris and Matt's Songs of Seduction playlist. We'll we'll get that together for you. But yeah, so Chris, I enjoyed this song. Mm -hmm. I didn't love it. Like I said, Candy Rain was definitely... That was something special. That was something that really hit me when I heard, when I heard that bad boy. So I'm curious. What I think it's obvious, right? You're you're giving this the thunder, right? Yeah, yeah. This is abs- <laughs> This is thunderous. This is pure lightning. As I'm sure that 99 percent of the listeners right now are going to agree. This is absolute thunder. I don't even care about the rest of their catalog. I was delighted to find out that the rest of their catalog is. Very sensual and very great for lovemaking, but it doesn't even matter. This song is so important in my, I mean, it's one of those songs that has played in my head since I was a kid. It's an amazing song. And (laughs) I know I give a lot of artists a hard time about like not following up their hit, not putting out another album. doesn't even matter to me with this one. This is an absolute jam. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm gonna I'm going to agree with you. I'm not gonna give it the the boisterous like, oh, it's the the skies have gotten black because you're there's so much dick. thunder coming you're, down. You're but, a dick. <laughs> but I uh, yeah, I'm not gonna give it a blunder. It's a good ass song. I actually am way more interested in checking out this Midnight Star side project that they yeah. or uh, original project because that seems like that's right up my alley. No, no parking on the dance floor. Are you kidding me? That's the name of an album. That's a great fucking album. It title. is, and it's it's a, an important lesson to follow as well. <laughs> yeah, don't don't go out on the dance floor and then not move. If you're going yeah. out there, fucking, you're shaking your ass. That's that's what's about to happen. That's true. I'm gonna take you to Nakama. This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Lothalios of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing everything I wanted off the Punchline EP, So Nice to Meet You. Visit punchline.com for merch, tour dates, and upcoming news. Do you want to start a podcast? Contact Chris and myself at weknowpodcasting.com for how we can make your show sound as professional as possible. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app, and tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. Hey, One Hit Thunder host Chris Fafalius here. You may have heard me talk about my band Punchline before. Maybe you already know us, or maybe you're hearing about us for the first time right now. It doesn't matter. No matter what your relationship with Punchline is, I will absolutely guarantee that you'll love our new podcast, A Band Called Punchline. Starting with our humble beginnings in a small town in southwestern Pennsylvania in 1997, we're telling the hilarious, strange, and hopefully inspiring story of the 25 plus years of our band in the most honest way possible, podcast style. A Band Called Punchline is an audio documentary available now wherever you get your pods, So subscribe and let me and my friends share a wild, entertaining, unique, and wonderful tale of music and perseverance unlike any other that's still being written today.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Hello out there! Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The The Corner Corner of Gray Street. Street.